spectacular. <laughs> it is going to be great. We wanted to give you a better voice at the beginning, but that's all I could come up with. Mm-hmm. Yes. We had kind of a spooky so, episode in front of us, some spooky mm, themes, I, I guess yeah, you could say so that. they're telling ghost stories. At least they're telling yes. uh, pretty terrifying stories. Stories from um, the past. Yes. Stories of disembodied voices mm, from the fire and, and burning penises. Dismemberment and, yes. and what have you. It's all very terrifying. But welcome. Welcome, everyone. everybody. How We're are you guys you are on this hump day edition oh, of Game of Thrones? Yeah, it's uh, we're all dressed as camels today, celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Are we one? Day. Are we one? Uh, now, now, help me out here. I can never figure this out. Are we all one camel? Really, like some of us is like the hump, like holding the hump up. The other one's the face. Or, or are we all each our own camel? I don't know. It'd be a really long camel if we were all in the same costume. <laughs> <laughs> So let's go with singular camels today. Okay. Very well. Well, today we're trying to get Shay to go to the kitchen. Okay. Where she belongs. <laughs> right, guys? Yes, yes. Where she belongs, or at least where, where do, she Where be. do whores go to the kitchen? The kitchen. <laughs> do they? No, they go to bed. Everybody knows that. Uh, um, oh. This particular one will be better suited in the kitchen. And I don't know. She doesn't want to go because she's had a taste of the high life. She doesn't want to change. She doesn't want to not wear nice clothes. Actually, is is what it comes down to. And that's not meant to be. Yeah, that's not meant to be as shallow as it seems. I mean, ultimately, I think she really does hear Tyrion out in his request. Um, but you know, it is a less comfortable existence than she's previously enjoyed. Yeah, and I mean, in this chapter, obviously, it was largely dominated by the. You know, Varys's backstory, which is so super interesting to get in the book at this point. But Shay, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really enjoying Shay at the moment. I think she she's so brash and she's so honest and she really, you know, seems to bring something, some happiness to Tyrion. And the poor thing. I mean, he says that when this chapter is like, it's the, she's the only one who actually smiles when, when she sees him, you know? Yeah. It's, she's so important. And, and even though she is kind of with the whole, I don't want to go to the kitchen, blah, blah, blah. I want to be your wife. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know? blah, blah, blah. She? I love how but you just no. dismiss her <laughs> But you know, even then. though it is kind of annoying in some ways, I feel like it, it makes sense. Her character makes a lot of sense at this point in the story. And I, I like it. I like hearing about her. Yeah. I mean, she speaks to Tyrion about having his children, about being his wife. And mm. it's something that he clearly wants and he clearly but what he wants more than that is for her to be safe and for that future to still be a possibility. Mm. Whereas he knows very well that if he were to come forward with her, his father, his brother would never yeah. um, approve. And, and, you know, he mentions them as well, you know, because she's like, well, if your sister doesn't like me, why don't you kill her? And he's saying, well, you know, I've got a good thing going. Whereas I have the, the whole house of Lannister behind me in my quest to, you know, save King's Landing. Whereas if I were to go against my family, I'd be cut off. Mm. But do you guys, I mean, you haven't, you've only seen Shay in the show and read the book up until this point. So do you think she's very different than she is in the show? I think they've sped up a lot of her emotions to me. And it kind of seems to us as a casual viewer or even as a, a really, you know, hardened, focused viewer that she's going through these emotions a little quickly. And I think that's with the pacing of the show. But here in the book, you can kind of see where they fit in place and you can understand how she feels about certain things with all of this time passing and all of this danger in a very much real sort of human-like contextual environment, not as fast as the show is paced. So she's a little bit more likable in the book than she is in the show, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess really in both instances, she speaks her mind. You know, she's not afraid to tell 
it like it is or, or to really demonstrate her emotions. And in this particular chapter, it, I, I think she goes a little bit too far and, or maybe you can argue Tyrion goes a little bit too far when he slaps her for say, basically saying, why don't you stand up to your daddy? You know, what, what's, what's the big deal? You know, be a man basically. And he reacts very negatively because he feels as if she's the, the last person that he has that actually sees him for who he truly is. And for her to turn around and mock him is a, is a really big insult in his eyes. Well, he slaps her, um, you know, in this chapter. And I, I think it's, it's also though a lot of, again, he tells Shay the story of his first wife and she kind of doesn't, he has to leave. She doesn't really react as as well i mean she sure her eyes are described as being wooden after that mm-hmm. but he tells her this story and it's because honestly a lot of what shay tries to do to comfort Tyrion doesn't work because he's been he's been ruined um by his first wife by that experience which is why you know it's what prompted him to tell her that story in the first place is because he was not reacting well to what she was doing she was um you know trying to instigate you know a, a cuddle session let's just say and it really just wasn't having anybody. He was like, I see through you. Stop that. Stop it. You're distracting me. You know, this isn't what I want to do. I want to actually tell you my problems. And really, it's just Shay was trying. I, I like Shay all the better for, for really trying to, I guess she sees him in a state of um, upset and really tries to make better. And, and of course, she still speaks her mind, as you said, Micah, like doesn't want to go to the kitchens and this, that, the other thing. But she will if he bids her that. And I think that's kind of her end response is you know, I'm yours to command, but really there's more there. It's, it's deeper than that. It's not just, yeah. she'll go wherever he tells her to. It's, you know, she understands at least in some vague way, even though he kept saying, you don't understand that it's for her protection. Mm-hmm. It is. There's also the fact that this is the place where she spends all of her time. I mean, she's cooped up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, probably not allowed to go anywhere outside of, of this building right or or in there's a nice garden maybe every once in a while she's allowed to go outside so i think the, the the times that she is able to see him are important to her and you know he's very defiant in this chapter and 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 like you said eric he just wants to tell her what his problems are and and yet she just keeps coming back at him saying oh can you please try and find a better place for me aside from the kitchens right. because that just doesn't seem to work well for me but at the end of the day she is a whore you know it's it's not you know it, it's that fine line between the fact of of what she really is and what he has created her to be you know and it's like he wants her to be more than she really is and yet he can't demonstrate it that's that's like the the, the problem here is that there's no way for him to outwardly express how he really feels about her outside of their little setting. But, I mean, I think it is partly you're right that he does want her to be more than she is. But I think also the strength of Tyrion, what makes this relationship so sympathetic is that he sees her for more than being a whore. Mm. You know, it's not like he's like, oh, right. I'm just going to pretend she's not. That's not what it's about. It's just that he's like, yeah, yeah, she's a whore. But she still, she has value to me, you know, not just value, but she matters to me. And it's maybe he is seeing Taisha in her to a large degree, but even so, you know, he has a he has a respect for her as a person, I think, which is nice. You're right to see. He does though, because the once she starts acting like a whore, that's when yeah. he really starts to get angry because yeah. he compares her to, to one of the whores in 
the whorehouse. And yeah. he, he th- keeps thinking back to that. And when he was trying to push off that woman's advances and, you know, that angers him. The fact that she, she's showing a little bit more of her youthful, playful side. And he notes how young she is in this chapter. Um, but mm-hmm. it, one of the things I think that we glossed over, you know, at, at the beginning is that Tyrion goes straight to Shay. He he doesn't go through the normal protocol that we've seen him go through in in previous chapters, uh, where he goes out of the back of the whorehouse and down to the stables and you know, rides off to Shay. And he feels very comfortable in doing this only because he's instituted this curfew that the that the rest of King's Landing is now following. I think it's a very calculated risk that he's taking, right? Right? Because when he gets there, he he runs into this. The singer Simone Silvertongue or Simon, yeah, Simon Silvertongue, yeah. And you have to wonder: Did anybody see him since he parted ways with Bronn earlier in the chapter between the, mm-hmm. then and him arriving at at Shay? So it, it seems like he's throwing caution to the wind a little bit at this point. Also, bringing her into the castle. I mean, I know he has a plan; he wants to keep her safe, but. It is still risky putting her right under uh, Cersei's nose. It is. It's like one of those hiding in plain sight theories right. because, you know, at the end of the day, he, he wants her to be closer so he doesn't really have to resort to doing stuff like this again, especially after he runs into this guy who recognizes him and kind of has an idea of what he's up to. He's just like, OK, closer. There's more of a risk, but that all of this will be gone. I won't have to do this anymore. Yeah. And, and Shave and asks that Tyrion not kill him. Because I'm sure that's the first thing that comes to Tyrion's mind is if somebody who recognizes me has now seen me here with Shay, then they're able to draw the connection very easily. And I think it's it's again, it's it's a risk that he's taking by not killing this person. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like what Vera says a little later on in the chapter when he's telling about his youth and he says, I quickly learned that it's really the, the content of the man's letters that is the most important than all their um, possessions that I could just nick. Um, it's kind of the same thing where this this guy, if he pieces together where Tyrion is going, that could have dire consequences on Tyrion's life, and Shay would potentially be beheaded. Um, you know, just because he saw him going somewhere, this guy saw him going somewhere. So I think Tyrion takes it seriously enough to consider killing this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But why does she protect him, though? I mean, I, I think it goes back to what I was talking about before with companionship. She's alone all day. She has nobody to keep her company outside of, you know, these really crazy people that Tyrion has taken to yeah. to protect her. Yeah. Well, I, I think she also wants Tyrion to be virtuous and, and, and to be – she wants him to be the man who doesn't have to kill you know exactly she's got uh an innocent i guess if you will view of the world there where you know no death is unnecessary well in this series it seems that far too many characters believe death is necessary so it's kind of like her trying to shape him into the man that that she wants him to be. This chapter was riddled with stories. I mean, in addition to the story at the very beginning of the chapter, when we're seeing Tyrion give a plan and an order that isn't quite what it seems, and then doubles back and is like, hey, Bron, by the way, here's the real story. I like <laughs> right, the word story. We're going right, to mix it up right. some. <laughs> but uh, I assume you're referring to really how the chapter opens up, and it's clear that Tyrion has some spies of his own just as much as, as Varys does. We talked a little bit about you know, how he's able to gather his information. But uh, Tyrion has a uh, trusted little friend there in Lancel Lannister. Yeah. He does. He's earned his trust as well, I think. Well, I hope – I was just thinking that this would be misinformation, this particular – this sounded like – because Tom – it's – I don't think 
I don't know. I, I keep, I get hung up over, uh, Cersei wanting to keep Tommen close to her to protect him. The idea that she would send him away, um, even though it's the smart thing to do, even Tyrion's like, Hey, that's a good idea. Um, but it just seems like she would want to be close to him. So I didn't know if this was the part where Lancel gets turned a second time, becomes a double agent. No, I, I don't think you'll see him as a double agent because there's the very real possibility that should Jamie return at some point, that Tyrion would go to Jamie and say, hey, by the way, you know your cousin Lancel? He's been mm. banging your, uh, your, oh. your sister. I think he threatens <laughs> him with that, actually, in the he show. Does. He? he does. Threaten he him. does threaten him. I think okay, he okay, has okay, already. Okay, yeah. That's That's been the... Uh, that's been the trump card that Tyrion's been holding over Lancel's head. And uh, so I I think the information that Tyrion gets from Lancel will be very much accurate. True, but the, I, I think the problem with Lancel is that he's dumb as a door, so like whatever he <laughs> passes on might not be, you know, full of the subtleties that it was originally, you know. Right. Well, I mean, I think Tyrion's plan in this particular situation is smart though because he's not particularly changing what Cersei had originally planned. What he's doing is altering it enough in his advantage for like, okay, Tom is going to get sent off to Rosby. Got it. We're going to do it on our terms and I'm going to make sure he gets there under our control so mm. we know what's going on forward, you know? Yeah. Right. And he sends our good friend, uh, Jocelyn Bywater to, uh, to handle the situation because he trusts him, like you said, uh, Zach. And I think the, the big thing is that the guy who's supposed to be taking him, Serge Giles, Right. He's he's sickly and he's craven. And that's not a good mix to be t be protecting somebody who is the next in line to be, you know, the king. And I also think it's great tactically. Right. You you know, you separate. It's like separating the president and the vice president, um, you know, in in dire mm -hmm. situations. That's exactly what they're doing here. I mean, they send Marcella off to Dorne, but now they have to deal with Tommen, who would be the next in line. And if Stannis sacks the city. Or Stannis is able to somehow kill Joffrey, Tommen would be the next in line to take over. And yeah. it's better to have Tommen in a safe location. It's just weird. It's weird to think of uh, Tommen as the supposed uh, next in the line of succession because we know that Joffrey doesn't have a claim to the throne and he's sitting it. You know? So it's like, oh, his little brother would, would have a contender, but none of them are. <laughs> Are Baratheons, so it doesn't. No, but as long as weird, uh, it's they weird can't to consider. prove that, you know what I mean? Like that's sort of precariously how they're holding on. I mean, yeah, and it's so somber of a setup, though, when you really think about what they're doing. We all might die, so let's mm -hmm. make sure we can continue the bloodline and send the kids off. You yeah. know, it's so somber, but it's obviously it's it. it's yeah. good thinking. Yeah, and that's how they do it. We get to see. I, which I thought was really cool because we were talking so much about magic on Monday's episode. We were talking about, you know, using it as a word that isn't quite defined as, a, you know, like someone's waving a wand and a spell or something comes out. But really, we're kind of using it like in olden times where people couldn't quite, you know, describe anything because we don't know far enough into the series to really have a handle on what exactly is going on. So Varys uses an example and the way he, this entire thing is set up to tell his story I thought was great because we see Varys meet with Tyrion and meet with Shay, and he comes dressed in his you know crazy disguises that we note that he is great at doing. But mm -hmm. Shay can see <laughs> through the disguise, and that doesn't bother just Varys himself or Tyrion. It bothers them both, which I thought was interesting, and it just makes me think: okay, there's more to this girl. She's obviously very sharp-witted because I mean, even us as readers, through our description through Tyrion's head, who's supposed to be a really bright guy, uh, she knows. And you know, if it wasn't something that Tyrion would have been exposed to before, he wouldn't have known that this was Varys. Yeah, no, totally. He he looks, he smells different. He even, I mean, Tyrion goes into it more specifically. 
why Varys doesn't look or smell or appear to be Varys. But Shay explains it as almost being a defense mechanism for prostitutes. She says, every, you know, all whores can do this because you have to see the man behind the look. Um, yeah. to know whether or not you're going to be safe or, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, which, um, I don't, I don't know if that then means that it's not some kind of trick. I mean, he's obviously doing some kind of trickery, which isn't magic because he explains he has a hatred of magic, but I don't know if it's, if that's really the case or if it is Shay being able to see through him. Well, who else would show up? I mean, that's well, my other question. Well, the <laughs> who else was is there? coming to visit? Yeah, the singer was that's there. True. It's true. But, but still, I mean, Tyrion, Tyrion, you know, didn't think, oh, it must be Varys because no one else showed up, you know? So he he clearly looked so different from Varys that it was almost impossible to tell. Mm-hmm. I just think it's cool. I thought it was cool that she could tell. It It is cool. And it, it just convolutes all these strange stories. I like it. I, I, I do agree. I think it adds an element to her character that she's able to recognize Varys underneath all of this. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't really think that she's staying in a place where many people happen across. So... Uh, maybe it's just more of process of elimination. It could be, but it's certainly a, a nice mechanic that George utilizes by shifting the scene so well in this particular chapter. I mean, we've got first so much with, with Shay, and she has a, a tool that connects her with what's happening with Varys in this conversation now and all the news that he's about to share with Tyrion. And that also creates the situation where Varys transitions and flips i'm using my hands in front of me in a weird thing into his story mm-hmm. and i just thought what a great way to, to blend these characters together in like a very staggered chapter it's a completely different dynamic from the show because you know in, in one instance you get storytelling with Tyrion talking about taisha and that's something that we see it's all the way back in season one right when him and Bronn and shay are in the tent together uh, and then you have storytelling with varus and that doesn't come across about how he got cut until season three um, when yeah. he actually right. has the person has the who guy did it in a box, which is box. Just yeah. so yeah. weird to me. So yeah, it's a very bold time to tell a story. I will say that, <laughs> but I mean, it served a great purpose in this chapter because so much that is happening, including the news that he finally shares with Tyrion that Sir Courtney Penrose is dead at Storm's End. You know, they're they're talking about how and when and why this kind of things happen, and he's like, "Dude, Tyrion, I have an idea, but it has to do with magic." And Tyrion's like, "That's bullshit. Like, Mm-mm-mm. I'm not going to hear any more of that because there's real stuff happening. Like, let's be." grounded and find out what really happened because the stories about Rinley are just as weird and he's like hold up man this happened to me yeah (laughs) magic is nothing to be like bullshitted (laughs) about like it happened to me and it sucks right and and yet now we have another chapter where magic is introduced subtly Mm. you know I, i feel like that's been happening with every chapter as i mentioned on monday's episode throughout the course of this book it's it's because these characters are also dealing with a lot of physical problems and enemies like people actually on about to be outside their gates it seems it seems like more realistic and it seems it's easier for him to sneak in the magic almost because he's set up this very physical non-magic you know setting which it's just got so much stuff in it I, but i think it helps to to kind of hide all these layers of magic behind the actual drama of physical violence it's just a really interesting way to do it because, you know, it could have started out some kind of majestical story from the very beginning and we could have just been used to it. But the fact that, you know, these very real things that are happening with people getting their necks sliced and just so much brutal realism now being being blended in with this, it's just at a really good pace and I think at a really good part in the story. And it's still so little if you compare it to what it could be, you know, just whispers mm-hmm. right now still. Of course, as he always does, Varys has a solution to the situation with Shay. 
He hey. says, hey, by the way, you know Lady Tonda's daughter? Oh, she might Lawless. Be, uh, Remember her? I wish her name was not Lawless. Like, it just, you know, it just brings <laughs> pictures of, like, into your mind. But I've, it's so terrible, that that poor situation there. And the way that they all talk about it makes me so angry because they're all, like, just kind of making fun of her. They're like, oh, yeah, she never comes out of her room anyway. Like, of course she doesn't, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. It was a really, really terrible part a few chapters ago but yeah. I mean, it just goes to show that you know these lower people aren't quite respected in the same regard and that's obvious mm. as these these higherborns but still it's just uh discrimination within their own ranks it seems but uh varus does have a solution he always does i do think that we should discuss the book's rendition though because i mean obviously being in a different setting it served a completely different purpose but in this chapter did it go as far enough to make Tyrion start listening to more of the higher pitched ideas? And when I say higher pitched, I don't mean the actual tone, but like when Alistair Storm was talking to him and saying, stuff is cold and it's moving. And if the hand wouldn't have melted on the way here, then you, know, you would know, you know, is this another story? Like he's had a few people now be like, frankly, more is happening than meets the eye, my friend. And he, he just kind of shrugs it off and focuses on what he's dealing with now. Do you think this is enough to start changing his mind even slightly? Yeah, it's interesting yeah. to see this 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 story as a as meant to be an effect on Tyrion about how Tyrion sees the world, how Tyrion sees magic. Because in the show, it's a bit more like playing with your food before you eat it, because he's got the guy in the box. Right, it's it's bold, yeah, yeah. Now him telling it without the guy in the box, you know, Varys will get his day obviously later. But it 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 really exists to affect Tyrion in this exact way that you just said. Um, I mean, there's some doubt still because Varys was very heavily drugged. He couldn't move, you know, at all, which which shows a, a great deal of um, poison or, or, you know, potion, whatever it is. Um, but ultimately, I think it really just, you know, it, it is kind of a scary story of, of this disembodied voice. He called and it answered. And there's really nothing more to say. I mean, I think Varys maybe would have tried to remember what was said, even though he didn't understand it, and then later learn the language and figure it out. But obviously, you're in a, such a moment of panic that and he, he didn't he didn't admit to doing that at all. So that's what I'm curious is I want to know what was said. But ultimately, it's just terrifying that that would happen and also that there would be a voice in the flames and that you were making some sort of sacrifice. Or what kind of spell was cast, too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is what does it grant him? Does it grant this man eternal virility? Like what what do you, you know, what 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 is the payoff for sacrificing a young boy's manager? Yep. And actually, I was just reading a summary uh, an additional summary, just supplemental talking about this. And, and it really said like, not only are you doing that act on a child, on a young man, you know, getting rid of his, his identity as male. Um, but you're also preventing any future, any fathering. So you're, you're stopping the bloodline, um, by, by committing that act. So it's super powerful, I guess you could say it. Um, but I wonder what, you know, what was the reward? Varys himself tries to play it off, though, when Tyrion responds that really Tyrion believes in the tangibles, you know, the things that he can hold, the things that he can actually see. And 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 Varys, but at the same time, as much as he plays it off, I feel like he's playing it off as if he still very much believes in the magic side of it. You know, he's like, oh, well, yeah, I was under the influence of some sort of concoction and that probably made me see things that I didn't really see and hear things that I didn't really hear. But deep down, I think Varys very much believes in what happened to him 
being something that he can't really explain at the end of the day. And that's why I think they chose to actually bring that sorcerer into the picture in in season three to say, this guy really did this to Varys, and there's something more to it that we still need to figure out. But do you think that that's ever going to be explored in the show? Because I feel like by showing the sorcerer and having Varys essentially having caught him and controlling his fate they're kind of just they've kind of told us that the sorcerer doesn't have power in that way and that whatever he did with Varys I mean they never told maybe they'll show it to us in in uh, in season four but I mean it just kind of felt like it was tying up a loose end that had never actually been tied up in the book you know what I mean yeah. So that's why it's kind of disappointing to me because I thought there was going to be a lot more to the story when Varys was talking about it, but it seemed like that kind of just stopped it. But there are always those who aren't really that powerful at the end of the day. They just feel as if they have to serve a greater good, and maybe it was just this particular individual testing the waters, so to speak, and, and maybe mm-hmm. what he saw actually scared him as much as it scared Varys at the end of the day. We don't we don't really know. No, and I wish we would find out. Damn it, George, get on the damn book already. <laughs> <laughs> we do know that, that Varys eventually became one of the best thieves in Mir, and that he is now who he is today. But I think that this does nothing but just to serve such a greater purpose of painting such a broader context for his character. Because when we're talking about the friends Danny may one day have in Westeros, it, it becomes even more evident when you're reading the book that Varys is an important, powerful character, mm-hmm. and that he can make shit happen the way he wants shit to happen yeah and that's just who he is so the book you know this chapter in particular does does a really great job of telling us even more about this person so you know i always welcome a greater perspective and i think that having this now as a reader going forward it's like if something amazing happens and and varus is associated with it i won't be that shocked and you know because in this in the series he's only got as much screen time as you can allow and and a, a show showing so much but in the book here, it's clear he's on the same level, if not on a higher level, than Tyrion. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, for Varys, th- this all comes about because of what has happened uh, at Storm's End. And he makes the very clear point that he doesn't like people who practice magic. And if Stannis is one of those people, he means to see them dead. Yeah. And that has me wonder, though, also about Daenerys, because... Mm-hmm. Clearly, there's magic tied to dragons, right? So, but I don't think that's the what's same. His, is I it think just that's very, very different. You don't think so? No, I think that's very different because she's. Not, it's not a practice thing. It's a. It's a um, natural part of the world. Like he used to serve the Targaryens as well, didn't he? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah that's a that's definitely a good point. Um, so, but clearly, Varys at the end of the day does not have any sort of place in his. I was going to say heart, but I don't really know that <laughs> Varys has a heart. He still has a heart. He still he's has still, it. Yes, that was not removed forcibly. <laughs> it's still uh-huh. there. Yeah, but I, it's it's clear that's what that what has happened to him has affected him beyond just the physical removal, such that he would not support anybody who practices magic to advance their cause. And I wonder what it means, really, to have. Um, Varys personally invested in killing anyone who's using magic, like because he tells Tyrion that he'll be against Stannis when he's coming, if that's you know the case. And it's almost like there's, I, I don't want to say like additional hope or renewed faith that Stannis will fall, 
but it, it means something for this spider to be as invested in Stannis' demise as the Lannisters that he supposedly serves. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like they'll have not only their own forces, but they'll have Varys' forces against Stannis. Well, he's just playing a great game, and he's had a lot of practice. He wasn't born into it. You know, he literally found a way to make himself rise the entire way up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really knowing this story or, or hearing about it, reading about it this time, you know, for the first time, you really have more respect for him. Um, and you, you can really appreciate the fact that he came from nothing, became the best thief, you know, in the area, easily among the best and grew, like you said, to this position of prestige and power. Yeah. yeah. He is one of the most powerful figures in the series, I think. Exactly. I completely agree. And it's because of this, he receives my own for this chapter Ooh. because Varys is um he's a lot like I said earlier he's a lot tougher than we thought you know and by tougher I mean he's he's got a foothold on what's happening and I don't think he's leaving anytime soon I agree my own though I have to I'm just I'm just doing this despite Eric I'm giving my own to Tyrion <laughs> and <laughs> when he says I am certain of nothing but winter and battle because I like that well I'm giving my own to Shay mm. uh yes because he really or Tyrion really loves her um, and this is their relationship together. I want to, I want to try not to give it to Tyrion because that's against my own rules. Um, <laughs> but in general, Shay and for her part of this relationship, uh, absolutely primo, uh, definitely the own goes there. I actually, before Mike, cause I'm sure Mike is, is going to be good. No, no pressure, but I actually had another quote from Tyrion, um, that I forgot about that I was actually going to say as my own, um, Oh, and if this is my kiss, it's going to be really embarrassing, but I'm just going to assume that it's not. <laughs> just do it. Um, just do it. Okay. Um, which was uh, when Varys, you know, says, don't you trust me? And Tyrion goes, well, I know I trust you implicitly. I trust you like one of my own blood in truth. I thought that was very, very funny. No, you didn't steal mine, so thank you. Oh, thank God. Uh, but uh, before, I want to give an honorable mention uh, to the fact that Varys reveals that there are hidden doors inside the uh, keep. So that's something to remember because that all comes up when they're talking about how to get Shay into Tyrion's bedroom without anybody noticing. And it's very clear that Varys knows a thing or two about the inner workings there. You know, there's that little back and forth exchange between Tyrion and Varys and Varys says that he can't reveal all of his secrets. Um, so clearly he's been getting about the castle uh, through some secret passageways and that's why... Um, is it Magor the Cruel, right? Killed all the people who built uh, this this structure because he didn't want revealed all the uh, the passages that lie within. Yep. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I have to give it to Tyrion. Sorry, Eric. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's actually the last paragraph or so of the chapter where he says, Don't you see the jest, Lord Varys? Storm's end is fallen and Stannis is coming with fire and steel and the gods alone know what dark powers... And the good folk don't have Jamie to protect them, nor Robert, nor Renly, nor Rhaegar, nor their precious Knight of Flowers. Only me, the one they hate. The dwarf, the evil counselor, the twisted little monkey demon. I'm all that stands between them and chaos. Chaos. And chaos. Well, if you guys can follow that one up, you know how to do it. All you have to do is ask our friend Eric here. He's got all those things ready to say. And he will say them now. Tweet us at Game of Owns on Twitter. Visit our Twitter feed, twitter.com slash gameofowns, to see who's been talking to us that we've been replying to or retweeting or <laughs> sharing with all of you. That is how to find us on Twitter. 
We also have an email address that is contact at gameofowns.com. We have a Facebook wall. We ask that you scrawl upon it occasionally, whenever fancy suits. We are located at facebook.com slash gameofowns. Did of you course, say fancy suits? When fancy suits. You can only tweet us or email us if you're wearing a fancy if suit. If you're wearing a fancy <laughs> suit or when your fancy is suited by and writing we to will us, know. write us. Come on, we'll yes, definitely we know will. that. It is known. It will be known. It will be. And we are on iTunes. Micah, tell us more. We are on iTunes. It is the place where you can rate and review this show, as many listeners have done. There are no new reviews to read today, which is all right. I know people uh, tend to slack off towards the end of the month. Uh, We are heading into the month of November, but guess what? Nothing less than five stars will be acceptable in the month of November either. So... Uh, iTunes, though, is a great place uh, for other listeners to find out about the show or people who are generally interested in Game of Thrones, whether it's the books or the TV show. So uh, we appreciate you guys leaving your feedback there. We do read through all the reviews. Uh, occasionally we read some on the show. So uh, we thank you guys for taking the time and uh, giving us some feedback. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate it. Consider yourselves thanked. Well, as we mentioned before, Halloween approacheth. It is near and winter is coming, just to announce it once again, he is having a winter uh, costume, or Halloween, a Game of Thrones costume contest. Thank you. Uh, you can find on winteriscoming.net the details of where to send your photograph of you in a Game of Thrones costume. The only reason I bring this up, I'm really looking forward to seeing what people do this year for Halloween. I know, it's only a day before that fateful day. I hope everyone, you have your p- costumes, otherwise you are in a hurry. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you're still thinking about what costume to wear, mm-hmm. you might want to go as, what's the easiest thing to go as? Um, Daenerys when she just walked out of the fire, although yeah. I, I yeah, don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Not that could be the work. easiest thing to go as. Hmm. Yeah, Unless don't do that at work. work, you'll be yeah. fine. Unless you work at a whorehouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. What else is a really, really easy outfit to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could go as a ghost and just put a sheet over your head with two eye slits and a mouth slit. Is that Game of Thrones related? Somehow, yeah. You could be the ghost of Harrenhal. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Selena. My name is Zach. Oh, my God. I'm Zach. (laughs) I'm actually going to be Zach for Halloween this year. Really? Yeah. That's cute. But it's going to be like a zombie Zach. That's scary. (laughs) I'm Micah. And I'm Eric. Are you, Micah, are you going to be Magic Micah? Please be Magic Micah. <laughs> what does that entail? It entails a lot like what she was talking about earlier with Danny's costume, if you're cool with it. Bye, everybody. Okay. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Don't Halloween. Don't be too hungover <laughs> for our Friday show. Not that we condone that. Okay. Save candy for us. Yes. <laughs> Don't take candy from strangers. Don't eat too many camel balls. Well. No, eat lots of camel balls. Take it from Sam. Camel balls are good for the soul, right, Sam? You're damn right. <laughs>